Welcome on in, everybody. Season 2, Episode 5 of The Confused Gentleman. My name is Kip. I'll be your host today, along with my co-host and esteemed gentleman, WD and Christian. Nice to see you, boys. How are you? Good to see you as well, sir. It is great to see you, sir. We're doing our book review today, uh, uh, the book that we read in February, 1984 by George Orwell. This was WD's recommendation. Uh, I found the book to be quite alarming and, and confusing and concerning and all kinds of feels. It was really good, but uh, we're going to give WD the lead. Start it out, Dubs. What do you want to start and talk about and let's discuss? On the sure. spot. <laughs> sure. So I'm, I really enjoyed reading 1984. It's probably about my fifth or sixth time reading it in my life. Uh, I think I mentioned previous podcasts. It was a required reading uh, during high school for me. That's what really sparked my interest. There were several books. Um, I'll take it back. Like my English teacher back then, uh, the required readings uh, that he selected were really great. Um, they were all kind of similar to 1984. It was kind of Big Brother um, trying to find um, something within yourself. Uh, like the Invisible Man. That's another book that's really good. So it's all Animal House as well. Yeah, Animal House or not Animal Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Yeah, yeah. Animal Farm with uh, Snowball and uh, yeah uh, Napoleon. Yeah, such a great mm-hmm. great book too as well. Yeah. Um, but it was all central around like a dystopia, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this is about. In a in a sense, is more of a dystopia than a utopia. Um, what are your initial thoughts? I know Kip kind of hinted that he was alarm then a little bit of confusion in there uh, i just want to see what your thoughts are then i'll get mine as well well when the book started out it was it got very um very real i i for lack of a better term in that it resonated with a lot of stuff that's kind of happening today uh you learn early on about the thought police the, the people that control or will report you for ill thoughts against Big Brother, against the government. Um, and that's kind of going around now when you have a certain censorship of speech and that we've talked about. And you have certain politicians calling for re-education of, mm-hmm. of conservatives or, or changing narratives or changing words. And uh, so that, that right out of the gate was like, oh, my God, this is this is <laughs> very – you know, real time. And then it took a turn for me to where it got dark (laughs) (laughs) and it got like, we, we, if this continues to be true or if this really is our potential life, this is going to suck big time. Yeah. I mean, the way he portrays life with a big brother, you know, atmosphere a true big brother brother atmosphere is isn't is crazy, like you said with the thought police, you know even going down to your kids, for that matter, reporting mm-hmm. you for oh, yeah. for crimes for Do things you that, that yeah for things that they don't even know if they are crimes or not they just thought mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. oh they right. did something wrong I'm gonna report them to the police and then boom they disappear. Did, you know? did, right. did they call it, was it like spies? Their kids at a certain time were spies. Yeah, yeah, the like, yeah, you had the the spy, the spy league. I think it was called. You had the anti-sex league. Um, mm-hmm. You had all of that because one of the one of the things the Big Brother was trying to do was trying to make sex irrelevant. It was for procreation right. only. 
there was no mm-hmm. enjoyment out of. Uh, we'll get more into that probably. Uh, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely uh, come from a historical background. I've read snippets of this. Um, so I kind of knew what I was coming into, but honestly, uh, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into because it was very dark, like Kip said. Totalitarian. Yeah. Total. How do you say that? Totalitarian. Totalitarian. Yeah, I can't say that. Uh, Spell it. I can't. <laughs> I would agree. I probably can't. Total. Totalism. Uh, but anyways, it's very, like, dark. I mean, it was just to a point where, like Kip said, like, if this is the future, it sucks. Like, there, no, like, it's very all, basically, you're not living. You're just surviving in a bubble. Like, you're very much following rules. And at some point, you know you're going to die because you can't consistently do those rules. Like, he would, he always says, like, once you have kids, you once they become old enough to be spies, you probably have, what, two or three years. And then you're probably going to get vaporized because your kids are going to tell you for something. And I always thought that was crazy because, like, then why would you want to have kids? <laughs> like, at that point, why would you want to have kids? And well, it's, because, it's, well, well, at that point... It, you would have kids because that's what you've been in green to yeah, do, right? And for the to party, do. right? For, for the, the party. party, right? Which that isn't that what Winston's uh, wife calls it, our duty to the party. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's what she like calls that. sex. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it th- there was three things that stood out to me. Overall, was was the the thought police, the telescreens. Mm-hmm. And the whole anti-sex part; those seemed more the most realistic to today's time than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I the, the thoughtfully is all around, and and just because of, of the technologies we have available to us, anybody can pick up anything at any point in time if you put it out there on online. Mm-hmm. It will happen. Um, it does make you wonder. You know, okay. You know, they talk about having microphones hidden all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our the phones yeah. we carry in our pockets. Yeah, I like, the it's same like thing. is this the is this the most idiotic thing that we're doing is carrying phones <laughs> so they can listen to probably, everything, right? Probably. And and you gotta, I I I really don't think our phones are that active of a listening device. I do think they will turn on and they will listen on select cases of people of interest which i don't agree with but for me just walking around i think the phone's only going to recognize like a uh, like if i say something about it you know and then start popping up on facebook well i think there's trigger words too if you're putting certain if you're stringing certain words together i think they may i think there's a system that will ping that so if you're talking about, yeah. you know, blowing a specific area up or ki- or killing a specific per- person of like high value, I think they may be like, oh, hey, let's listen to, you know, W.D. Right. Smith's phone. Mm-hmm. And the, and all that got intertwined in the whole Patriot Act that mm-hmm. Bush put in after nine eleven that they can right. you know s- surveillance spy on on anything. You know, you you hear people that you know they they tape up. Their webcams on their computer, yeah. so they can't. People can't lock in, and to to have that where they're actually watching you like that and can communicate through you, and that's freaky. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it one well, bit. You, you want me to freak you out a little more when it comes to thought police? 
Go uh, ahead. Have you heard of the Mandela effect? Oh yeah. I yeah, very I much it, yeah. when I started thinking about thought police and people re I guess doing past history, my first thought was what if the Mandela effects are the beginning attempts to uh re uh writing history. Rewriter. I see what you did there. Right, because I'm, 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 I have like 10 examples here, like the Monopoly Man. I know we used, to, I don't know about y'all, but I remember him having a monocle, right? Now it says he's never had a monocle. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Another example is uh, Hannibal Lecter in the movie where, you know, that famous quote, Hello, Clarice. Mm-hmm. They say, actually, in that scene, he doesn't say hello, Clarice. He just says good morning. Good morning, Clarice, instead of hello, Clarice. But I've quoted hello, Clarice, forever. Me too. And the biggest one is Berenstein Bears. Oh, yeah. Right? The yeah. the the name change on that. I remember the E&A. Being Berenstein, the E&A, right? Like, so, I, but it's apparently always been like that. And so well, it's just crazy things like that. Well, the first case of that, the reason I got his name is because of Nelson Mandela. And yeah. people, we were too young for this, but... People believing that he actually died, you know mm-hmm. they they remember I guess, seeing the funeral and all of that, and then mm-hmm. he comes out of the jailhouse alive, you know. Right. So it's, right. it's it's that's that's a really interesting connection you made there because I mm-hmm. I mean according to the book that kind of is what what thought police are and what Winston's job Winston being the protagonist the main character of the book. That's mm-hmm. what his job was, was to basically rewrite, rewrite. history. You know, mm-hmm. uh, pre-show, kept mentioning about, you know, Big Brother doing a quota saying, oh, we hit 14,000, you know, shoes or laces or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, Winston's thought in the book was like, well, last year they said the quote was for 20,000. And right. now we only hit fourteen. So now I gotta make it go back in history and put. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. we said twelve thousand. So it makes it look like we went over quota. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that that are. What's well, that in the it, chocolate it, too? Scre- right where they were like, oh, we're diminishing the rations from yes. thirty to twenty. Yes, yes, but yes, then, yes. but then they put it like what it was like fifteen, and like, uh-huh. oh, Big Brother's giving us more chocolate than we yep. could ever. You know, and it's like, wait, does nobody remember? <laughs> like, dude said yesterday, thirty to twenty. Like, yeah, so. It's very North Korean in communist China. Oh, very much so. <laughs> and what I, what I also, being that it was copyrighted in 1949, the story takes place 40 years from that. And it said it was wrote or begin being wrote in 1940. Right. So, and then I find it interesting that 1984 to, you know, we're essentially 40 years from that, mm-hmm. 2024. Mm-hmm. Just a weird coincidence mm-hmm. of stuff that's happening. But then they say it was like in, in two generations they can change history. Oh, right. Yeah, they, they can or change they can make it change the language and stuff. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. like they didn't remember they didn't remember anything before what was it, the revolution it was called? Yeah, nineteen sixty, right? Yeah. Nineteen fifty four or something like that. Something like that. Because According to the book. Right, because at the because they either killed all the old people or they all assimilated and they wouldn't like speak about it but like nobody knew what life was before that but and i remember we didn't winston at one point said like surely i wish somebody was there to tell me if this was better now or it was worse 
Yeah, well, you met that one guy at, at a bar or whatever, the old man, and yeah. the old man wouldn't say he anything. He wouldn't say jack squat. Nope. Right. Well, the whole thing is, you know, they were changing when things were being invented as well. Mm-hmm. You know, with the automobile, the airplane, to they were yeah. going to be working on yeah. the steam engine. So mm-hmm. they kept pushing it back further and further. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy. And they, they rewrite history books today. They don't yeah. include stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've taught some history. Well, I, I I have been told to teach some history books, and I was like, this is so old. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not teaching this, or this doesn't have that, but there's definitely history books out there that don't have true history. Well, I, I found I, it interesting, too, in the book, how they split up into parts, mm-hmm. where it was you know the first part, second part, third part. So the first part is more of how life is going, you know, mm-hmm. in the world at that point. Second part is after he meets Julia and their their fun times, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is breaking Winston down to make him what O'Brien, who is the antagonist, I would say, in the mm-hmm. book, making Winston a perfect person. You know, right, towards right. the end, he's like, you know, we're, you have to be perfect. And, you know, the, the last, I think it was the last sentence of the whole book, um, or the last paragraph, it essentially said that um, he loved. Oh, I love Big loved, Brother. I love Big Brother. And that that's when the book ended. And so you knew that he was considered a perfect mm-hmm. person. And, and let me tell you, from being ignorant, um, from the in, from the ending, because I've never read it all the way through. The whole time I'm like, come on, Winston, just rebel. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. I just want you to find the rebellion. I want you to, you know. And when he's with Julie, you're like, yes, like he has one other like-minded person. That's fine. Well, you know, the whole time I thought she it. was going to be part of the thought police. Really? You know, I, I really, oh. I really thought that it was going to come to the end at some point mm-hmm. when he was putting things together and talking to O'Brien and O'Brien was, you know, giving him more information about everything that he's like, well, actually Julia, you know, she's been working with us this whole entire time, but actually mm-hmm. come to find out she was, just as a rebel, a rebellious right. person as Winston, so. And it was that guy that rented she, out the room. What for? Is Mister? Uh, he was. Well, we just talked about this pre-show. We just looked it up. Charrington. I got it. I got it. Charrington. 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 Because yes. I didn't expect that. I thought, dude, you know, older guy has a room, kind of reliving those days that he remembers, but not really, mm-hmm. you know, making it known. And I thought that's, you know, he's pretty cool. And then whenever. Doesn't uh Winston Winston just keep saying we are we are dead or something like that, or we are the dead, and then Mister Charrington goes you are the dead. <laughs> you're like what? You know you're like oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it was that was that was the interesting part of it that he was he basically set him up him and O'Brien. Oh yeah, because of the notebook. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was in part two was when you found out about the notebook. Maybe later That's in part right, one. The notebook. Yeah, um, yeah. And come to find out he actually got the book, the notebook from that store, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. they, you find out later that they had actually gone through his book and put the little speck of dust back yeah. on there. So he didn't yes. know that they looked at the book. And cause O'Brien specifically mm-hmm. mentioned, you wrote down with big brother, down with big brother, you know, mm-hmm. all this, all these notes and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was a setup. Can I, can I explain to you how broken hearted I was when he, finally snapped with the rats uh go ahead 
man, let me tell you, I was fighting for him the whole way through. And I was like, O'Brien will not, like, you still, because it, it just before that explained, like, that was his last bit of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. It was was his relationship with Julie. Well, Julie, Julia, excuse Julia, me. Julia, yeah. Julia, and literally, like, he was like, you know, put somebody else here. And it's like, even Julia. And you're like, no, no, not yeah. her, not her. Oh. Well, it takes you back to when he was in the prison, the, the cell when they first got him. And the guy that they brought in there was like, take my kids, take my wife, you know. The, yeah. the oldest is six. Just don't take me back to room 101, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you, you set me up for a really, you know, and I had to listen to this book, not mm-hmm. read it. So my, my drives to and from work were uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I listened to it as well, mm-hmm. going to work. Yep. I'm like, I, I just can't. I hope it doesn't come true. Like I hope this stays fiction to that level. Well, I think it. Um, I go ahead. Sorry. You said I. I know there's certain surveillances and technologies that we have that we utilize on a daily basis, but to that level, to where they'll vaporize people, they will kill people, torture people, make them, you know, assimilate with the, you know, with Big Brother. That. That freaks me out, and and I don't know, I, I don't know what I would do, right? But you don't know if you're in the assimilation I mean, now or not. Yeah. Okay. You want to start going down this road? You mean? No, we don't have time for that. Yeah. So I don't. I I. There's just way too many thoughts. Well, the 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 the, the truth of the matter is that this could happen. Yeah, it, it, honestly, yes. it, it could. Um, yes. To this degree that George Orwell paints a picture of in the book, or to a little bit lesser degree, maybe not torturing someone to the point of giving up every single part of their humanity to conform to the ideals of Big Brother, right? Um, because who knows if there were other countries? You know what I mean? It says Oceania, Oceania, um, Eurasia and East Asia were the three countries, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yep. who knows if there was actually East yeah. Asia and Eurasia? That could have been whole propaganda the whole entire time, mm-hmm. and the bombing of the poles yeah. and all that. Like I hundred percent think it was the government doing mm-hmm. the own bombing on their own people just well, to keep re- people living in fear. Another thought I remember, you know, because it kept saying that there wasn't like any tall, you know, muscular people. Like they were all pretty much like kind of like meekly looking right mm-hmm. and like my thought process was if you did fit that tall muscular type build you were immediately put in what is it like the department of love which is like the war mm-hmm. like you're immediately put as a soldier so like nobody else saw you because if there is a you know east asia or was it eurasia then it, if you're fighting then you're away from the you know you're away from big brother you're away so there was no hope of, you know, because people could see people of strength and say, hey, I'm going to back that person. Well, no, you're not because you're not going to see strength, you know, except from Big Brother. So right. I always thought that was I always thought that was interesting that, hey, like there may be those people because obviously you have to have soldiers if you do have a war. And if you do, I assumed there was a specific type of person that like, hey, 
this dude's starting to, you know, stick out from the crowd. He's a soldier now, right? He's a grunt. And that's what we're fighting for. You know, who we're fighting with is those type people. Yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I, I'm shook. Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm. I'm kind of lost at words. Um, we got the. What was the other thing I said? The the thought police. The telescreens. The oh the telescreens and then the anti sex one. Mm-hmm. Let's hammer on that for a little bit. Um. To to make sex just a procreation. To, you know, um, oh my god, I can't think. Well, they were just to make it an event, just to make it an event, and not have any joy in it, mm-hmm. and not, and 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 remove your human human instincts mm-hmm. is um inhumane. <laughs> <laughs> it's inhumane, but it it to doing it on from both sexes is. I, I think interesting too. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're not, you know, he didn't talk about just like removing a male's desire, which is what you more or less hear more current day. Right. But it makes sense why a government agency would want that to happen yeah. to remove all pleasures of life, and, and it's easier know. to control that way, right? Well, you know, in the book they stated that you know the urologists were working on on that on deleting the basically deleting the sex drive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that way there's no desire there it's just like oh we're gonna put these two people right. together they know they need to make a kid mm-hmm. and that's it because yeah. because part the whole instinct of, of big brother was like you go to work you go home for a little social life all community work and then you go to sleep and you do the whole thing over mm-hmm. again. there was no there's no like no, there's no true private life yeah. Right. And I think that was the big thing because Big Brother controlled everything. And even you saw in the beginning with Winston, like, he had these thoughts, but he couldn't even. Well, during the two minutes of hate in the beginning, he couldn't mm-hmm. even have a face of thought. He couldn't look like he was thinking something other than, I hate that right. part. You know, like, like he, he had to look the part. And he said at one point, like, your life depended on. Like every thought, everything that like it was life or death if you just had a daydream, basically. If you just mm-hmm. let your thoughts run, you could give a certain face or give a certain glance or people could know you're thinking and then immediately they take you to be vaporized or take you, you know, to prison. So I'm reading a paragraph here, um, just like a synopsis through a random website. Mm-hmm. It says, ultimately, Winston loses his spirit and his humanity, the two characteristics that fought, he fought so hard to mm-hmm. keep. Orwell insists that Winston's fate could happen to anyone, and it is for this reason that Orwell destroys Winston in the end, so that the reader may understand Orwell's warning and see that, that the society of 1984 never come to pass. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's fair, because, yeah. again, I wanted Winston to win and to revolt, but if that happens, then it's a good lucky tell. Right. It's you know, good. Every story has a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. Not this one. No, not this one at all. Well, I was intrigued by Newspeak, the language. Yes, you know their well, goal well, was essentially to shrink the English mm-hmm. language down. 
you know, take nouns, take verbs out. Um, you know, they have three, if you read the appendix, um, which kind of was Orwell's essay of explaining what new speak is and what he was trying mm -hmm. to get at was he broke it down to A, B, and C words. Mm -hmm. A being what you mm -hmm. use in everyday life. Uh, B being more the political side. And then C is ones that only people would use for scientific purposes. Uh, people in the high party or the inner party, I'm sorry, uh, would use uh, the common mm -hmm. folk or even the outer party wouldn't even know these words because it's not relevant. Because the ultimate goal was to cease all thought crime because if a generation grew up not knowing what a word is that is associated with a crime that the big up big brother thought was a crime then that crime would never be committed right. in the head mm -hmm. so right yeah if you can control the language you can control yeah. the thought exactly. and at one point they said they did, and they therefore did that control to, the action exactly. control debate so you couldn't argue because right and, yeah and it, well, wasn't he like Oh, that's after he went through and all then that. There's ungood. Yeah, or... and that's after he went through all the torture and stuff, and they gave mm -hmm. him that little mundane job of just writing stuff down. And he even mm -hmm. said, "Oh yeah, some days we get in arguments, but then five minutes later, we didn't really see the point of mm -hmm. arguing." So right, and and it just goes like the more simplified it was, you can't get your thought across. So I can't get my thought across. Don't have the thought in the first place because mm -hmm. you can't explain it. You know, and then that's how you mute everybody's uh, thought. <laughs> I do think the opposite is happening, though, in real life. You're having people make up new words to try and give new definitions instead of trying to limit. Well, I mean, that's what they did in the book, too, really. They they yeah. were taking words out, but they were creating like it even stated that, you know, some words they would add letters to because yeah. it was easier to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right, right. and they would create the, you know, like you said, good and ungood. They didn't need to have the word bad in there, right? You had good yeah. and ungood. Right. right. So, I think. Uh, I th oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you talked about the inner party, right? Because there's, well, it's the party, the and then there's the inner party, and then there's the plebes, right? The poles. Poles. And then, literally, like, I, it was crazy because it made 100% sense. Like, what, 60, 70% are Poles? But they said, who cares? They can do whatever they want to. They're workers. Like, 85% yeah. Poles. To, 85, yeah. So, mm -hmm. we don't need to control them because they don't matter. They're not smart enough to make a difference. We only have to control, like, 14% of the population. Right. And then if we control that 14, we control everything, which I just had a crazy thought because that's kind of how it is now with federal government and then state government and then everybody else. If you think of it. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> well, everything has a tipping point, every aspect of life or any organization, whatever, to where the scales will fall in your favor. And that tipping point is always lower than you would think mm -hmm. like it's not 50 percent, 51 percent. it's always sub 20 percent, mm -hmm. and you just need that that group to you know, you know like if you wanted to try and sell go back to an iphone when iphones first came out it didn't really get anywhere until there was a certain number of population number of people and then it just flooded mm -hmm. 
And now you now it's a split between 50-50 pretty much between Apple and Samsung. But you need that you need that base to be loud for everyone else mm-hmm. to, to then control. Well, and that's what makes Newspeak, that's what makes that control thought police because if you keep that 14% at bay, there's not a vocal leader. Right. And I thought it was really interesting because there was a rebellion spoke about in that hate and the, mm-hmm. the, the two minutes of hate. And then you don't really hear too much about it later on. Yeah, like it, with it, uh, it, Goldstein. And right. All. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like basically it gave them a face to hate. So if someone was a rebellion, they would knew Goldstein or whatever. But that was the person you hate. And it was very interesting because they had – like we growing up we had the pledge of allegiance right that was a set out time in school like that's what i thought about what hate was the the hate two minutes of hate was basically the pledge of allegiance but instead of me pledging my love for the country i'm gonna pledge my hate towards somebody who's against my country we're just two different mindsets interesting take good nice take very nice take well, I would have to say to any listeners, if you hadn't read the book, I would definitely recommend doing it. Um, it's eye-opening. It's thought-provoking. It's intriguing. And it makes your mind wander and start looking at your real life and seeing where you may be able to not let this happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think in our lifetime and in our country this will ever reach the levels of George Orwell have said. But I do think there are parts of the world where it's very real. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, I think North Korea being one. I think in communist China being one. Nazi Germany was like this. <clears throat> and in the USSR. In the USSR. We as a human species need to know the warning signs. Mm-hmm. We need to know when things are going downhill. And when we should intervene and when we shouldn't. Um, I mean, I think there's reasons why, you know, countries haven't gone in and just, you know, took out North Korea to liberate the country. I think there's reason why some of these places still exist under communist control and dictatorship control. But we can't let it happen all over the place. you got to definitely know when this stuff is happening. And be able to, to recognize it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think it's a dire warning. Yeah, to, yeah. to really, to really look like you said to look at where society's headed, um, with especially with you adult know, crime and and news speak. You know how Orwell termed it. Yeah. You know, North Korea and China have been happening for a long mm-hmm. time, long, long time, and North Korea has been so secretive you don't really know. You, you only do need to go back to Nazi Germany to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that would be the closest you could get to what George Orwell wrote about. That we, on a Western civilization, could understand. Mm-hmm. It may be a vision. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. It's not good outside of any political or economic, just from a humanitarian aspect. It's not good. And it is the the downfall for for a lot of uh, a lot of societies. Yep. But with that said, any other closing remarks Mm-mm. on the book? No, no, shaking it. So, 
we will uh, we will start reviewing that book. Uh, we got a dub nugget to feature at the end, but Christian's going to introduce the book for March that we will review the last week of March. Mm-hmm. So Christian, yeah, what's up, guys? The floor is yours. Thanks. The floor is yours. So uh, the book that I'm choosing is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. He is a former Navy SEAL. It's wrote by him and his uh, other brother that was a Navy SEAL that served with him, Leif Bavin. And them to discuss basic leadership tactics for your life and also your business. So it's a very awesome read. I actually uh, started jujitsu because of Jocko Willink. I uh, went to jujitsu again for the first time today this year. It was awesome. I got thrown around. Um, but nonetheless, um, it's a very great book on basically learning how to take extreme ownership of your life and the decisions and things that you make. And how that extreme ownership, a lot of people think that actually is detrimental to them and thinks it's, it's extreme in one way. But you actually see through extreme ownership that you're going to come out the positive nine times out of ten if you implement these things. So it's something that I've slowly started integrating in my life that I think is fantastic. It is a good philosophy to have in most retrospects. So I'm excited for you guys uh, to read it and especially our audience as well. I look forward to it. I always like a good self-improvement book like this. Um, hopefully this one I can actually sit down and read and I have to listen to. <laughs> now that all my craziness has mm-hmm. ended this month, I will swap. So yeah. we'll make it happen. All right, Dubs, what's the nugget? Well, the nuggets will be based off of uh, a little bit of George Orwell. A couple Ooh. interesting facts about him. Okay. So his his... Thought process behind thought crime in the book was actually based on a real life uh, sector of the army of the Japanese army called uh, Kempaitai, and it was uh, it operated from 1881 to 1945, and it was a secretive police force that had the power to arrest people for unpatriotic thoughts. Hmm. So that's why he based the thought crime. On so in, in in Japan until 1945. Yes, 1881 to 1945. Mm. So interesting ending. Uh huh. And then uh, <laughs> another little thing. Uh, it was titled "Big Brother Was Watching Orwell While He Wrote 1984." So he wrote it <laughs> over uh, in Scotland, and so the Scotland Yard actually there was a local communist party there that rented an apartment out for Orwell to write the book in and Scotland Yard ended up tailing and surveilling him for the next 12 years mm-hmm. because of that. I don't, Jesus. I don't blame them though. I don't blame them. Yeah. Well, so, do you think yeah. it's funny? Cause the communists were like, this dude's write a book about us. That's awesome. Really the whole time he's like, we don't like these guys. Don't be these guys, but I'll take your free apartment though. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. Well, we got uh, some exciting shows coming up. Uh, we got a few different topics lined up that we're going to discuss and figure out what's best uh, in what order. We're going to have a couple of guests, hopefully, uh, a couple of our friends. Uh, can I give you a preview? We got Kendall, who's going to talk with us on like policing and survival, uh, self-defense. Uh, and then uh, I talked with this before the show, uh, Christian. We are going to have Tristan on or invite him on. And we are going to like redo the whole 
mainly un <laughs> emotionally unattached since that recording mm. kind of never happened due to faults of my own. Right. Uh, I figure he might be interested in joining us for that discussion. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, if you did read the book, leave some comments. Let us know what you thought of it. Love to hear from yeah. you. And it is free on Audible. From there. So yeah. I guess I should say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can uh, get it free on audible.com. Uh, you can like, follow, share on all the socials, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all those fun ones. Uh, anything else, guys? Nah, man. Nah, really, really good. enjoyed this book review. We're getting better at it. Two books down, ten more to go. That's right. Should be good. On that, we will see you all next time. We are the Confused Gentlemen. My name is Kip, WD Christian here with you as well. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Peace. Peace.